thank you very much for your kind introduction. And uh, I have to confess to you that when I got the tag, I did not read it. And I was greatly surprised that saw my name and then medicine and real estate. So one of your students, Miriam Mansour, looked at me like, what type of a specimen is this one? So <clears throat> I would like to tell that I don't want to be the best surgeon among the real estaters and the best real estater among the surgeons. Primarily, I'm a general surgeon. I was trained in my native country, in Budapest, Hungary, and survived the Holocaust and came to the United States in 1948. And by necessity, I was involved, I got involved in real estate in business transaction. But believe me that 95% of my work was devoted to my chosen profession, that is surgery, and 5% to real estate. And the irony of the fate that my income is around 95% from real estate and 5% from medicine. <laughs> and so the question was that, whether, what do I like to speak about? And it is a great privilege to address the honor students of the United States of America. This is my adopted, beloved country, which I love dearly, because no country in the history of mankind gave so much to her daughters and sons than this United States of America. And believe me, not because of financial success or other achievement, just the freedom and the liberty which I cherish and I love. So if I would talk about medicine, I'm sure about it that those students would be interested who want to be medical doctors, and those would be interested in business that would be in real estate. Therefore, I would like Roser not to talk about anything, but <laughs> open and invite questions, and I would like to answer to the best of my knowledge. But uh, I would like it that you would ask questions, whatever you like in medicine, especially in my field, general surgery, or in business, in real estate, financing, different multi-currency, which I perhaps pioneered. But uh, don't ask me about politics. <laughs> I have my opinion about, because I covered a lot of mileage. When I was only two months old, my late father died in the First World War on the 18th of April, 1915. I survived with my older brother only to have the revolution, counter-revolution, and then the Second World War concentration camp. And so it is very difficult not to be an expert in politics. We never had the privilege not to have a history. Unfortunately, we had. But I have my opinion, but I don't regard as an expert in politics. And you came here to ask certain questions from people who perhaps achieve something in their chosen field. 
At the end, I would like to only mention to you that I'm a general surgeon, and if I succeeded in real estate or business, that the reason, one reason, that I was not happy of the achievement what I obtained in my chosen field. Whenever you see that one man achieved in two different fields some success, that's a clear answer to you that he did not succeed in his own field according to his standard. So I shall be very happy to answer any question what you want. Well, I had an opportunity to um, talk with Dr. Tauber a little, a little while earlier. And um, I just want to ask um, how your experiences in the concentration camps affected your decision um, to become a doctor later in life and um, whether it made you appreciate and want to save lives more or um, just, just I'd like to hear some of your feelings. I mean, I've heard people talk about their experiences and the horrors that went on, but I've never actually heard anybody talk about what they felt inside and how it affected their life um, later on. And I'd just like to hear a little bit no. about that. I just want to tell you that I wanted to be a medical doctor at the age of five. And <laughs> I got into the concentration camp basically in 1944 when I was only, I was already 29 years old. And in Europe, you know, the high school is a very serious business. No reflection about the education in the United States. but. Uh, it was the most difficult examination, the so-called maturity examination that I ever took in my life, including my medical degree, specialty board, and all over. So after high school graduation, when I was only 17 years old, I entered medical school, so I was 23 years old when I became a medical doctor already. And the age of uh, 27, not almost 28, I was already deployed at the Hungarian Board of General Surgery. Then I got into the so-called concentration camp. But you never know, and that will be perhaps something, but you remember, you never know when something happens in your life that you don't like to happen. What's good for it? My poor father died when I was only two months old, and I became a so-called exemption, because the civilian doctors had to move in the army. At that time, the Jewish doctor were not allowed to join the army. But the civilian population had to be taken care of. Therefore, they took the so-called war orphans, and those older Jewish doctors who were decorated in the First World War to take care of the Christian population. So I was in a very fortunate position, indirectly. The death of my father saved my life, that I stayed there until 1944, June, when I had to escape because the Gestapo was looking for me. And uh, again, you read it later very much about Raoul Wallenberg, Raoul Wallenberg was only one of the righteous Gentiles, but there were many, many good people. Unfortunately, not enough, but many. So my chief, who was a Lutheran, perfect, fine surgeon, managed that my wife and myself escaped to Budapest, and then we joined the ghetto, and I was in underground four and a half months, 
and work in the ghetto hospital, what we call the International Red Cross Hospital. And I'm sure about it that I cannot live long enough that I could do as much as I did during those years and save life. If you saw the picture of Wallenberg, that every day a new regulation came. And then uh, it occurred that I was the chief resident in surgery and the chief left. So I became the acting head of the department to be in charge for 250,000 Jews in the ghetto. So the Holocaust as a such did not influence me whether I will be a doctor because I was a doctor, a very young doctor, but unfortunately the circumstance that made me old. So those years counted maybe double or triple of the normal lifetime. Because you have some experience in the business world, what are your views on the tremendous trade deficit? Thank you. This is from general surgery, go to the Holocaust, the ghetto, and now the trade deficit. Fine. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a very intelligent question. and. Uh, so I told it I'm not answering a certain field which I'm not an expert, but uh, maybe I have some feeling toward it. So let me tell you about the trade deficit. The trade deficit, how I see it, just when we measure the amount of money what we export and then when we take it in, right? And then we have a deficit. That trade deficit what we publish, it is entirely, in my opinion, it's an untrue picture of the situation because it does not take into account the tremendous amount of dollar which comes to the United States in the form of buying stocks, in the form of buying U.S. treasuries, investment in different companies, buying land, real estate, and if you add to it, you will see that we do not have any trade deficit. But this is, again, a, a political point which I try to avoid, you know, because when the dollar is very weak, you know, then naturally everything is cheap. But don't forget it, then the inflation is going up, and the prime rate goes over 21.5%, what we had a previous administration. And, uh, but the trade deficit, what we publish, it is absolutely, in my opinion, an untrue picture of the United States standing, because we get much more dollar in but the trade deficit shows. Because they just ignored that part, which is a tremendous amount of money that is coming to the United States. And I want to remind you that one, that uh, not a long time ago, we the, during the Nixon administration, the uh, Secretary of Finance even went to Saudi Arabia and begged the Saudi Arabians to, to buy U.S. treasuries. Now all over because of the strong dollar and a good interest rate, or that the money is just coming in, especially when they had the special tax treatment. You know, therefore it is. I don't take that concept that we have a trade deficit. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering how you escaped from the concentration camp and everything. My former wife used to tell always that when I eat Swiss cheese, I see only the holes, but never the cheese. You know. But I tell you, it's a very, very interesting and sad story. And on the magazine article, which was written about me, that I, in a spare time when I was recovering from my heart attack, I could not do anything else, so I wrote my autobiography. And I really 
I am very proud of it that the hospital which I founded, my medical fee is much less than any other doctors. I am very happy about it. I like to make money in business, but when I do medicine, I never looked at who pays, who doesn't pay. And I have more uncollected bills, which I just don't pay any attention to it, you know. But this is a thing which very, very strange. Again, let me tell you that if you did not see the picture of Ronald Wallenberg, you should look at You see how this righteous Christian man tried to save the Jews in Hungary. Every day a new law or regulation came. For instance, they said that everybody who converted to Christianity, they will be escaped. They will be saved. So my mother was an Orthodox Jewish woman, and I made her convert to Catholicism. I took my wife to the Lutheran church, and she became a Lutheran. And I confess you one thing. I was in the so-called Jewish hospital where we had around 1,200 patients, doctors and nurses. And I am proud of it. I was the only Jew. I had the feeling that is the only way how I can save my life. And that was how it happened. That in August, excuse me, you touched certain field which is very emotional with me, but let me finish it because maybe you will learn something. And especially in the United States of America, there is no reason in the world to deny where you come from. We are all equal. And we have the freedom and liberty, but we have to cherish it and keep it. And let me tell you how it saved my life. In August 1944, when the Hungarian regime saw that the war is over, only just the plain idiots, the fanatics, hoped it. So they issued certain exemption letters. And that was, that as we mentioned, that I was a Hungarian champion 17 times represented to a Hungarian team in the World Championship. My father died in the First World War. My late father-in-law was a very prominent banker, came from Germany. So we got this letter. It was an exception. And they had a distinction. We, the Jews, had the yellow star, yellow band. And those who converted to Christianity had the white one. But this letter, what we received, excused us from the yellow star. And nobody knew about it. And we got it in August, and finally my underground work that I had to live one place, one day somewhere else. So finally on the 9th of September 1944, they got me and they put me into the concentration camp. And then there was a soldier who looked at me, oh, finally, you shrewd Jew, you have it. And your chief, the Lutheran, should be with you in the concentration camp and talk, talk, talk. And I just handed my credential. Finally, I showed the credential, which showed it to him that I had an exemption. But he did not know that doesn't apply to the military. So he didn't know what to do with me, therefore he said it, I put you to the converted Jews group. And then I know that he doesn't know what he's talking, and in a totalitarian regime, 
everybody said Frida was the next one. So I told it, I was born as a Jew, I live as a Jew, and I will die as a Jew. I am not going anywhere else. So he did not know what happened, and he was afraid that I have tremendous connections somewhere above it, so he let me go. <laughs> and on the 9th of September, I left, and when they discovered it, that was a mistake, then the Queensland government, Salafi government, the real Nazi, 15th of October, took over the regime, and then nobody knew anything about it. And so this is the life story of mine, which unfortunately to do one. And uh, what does it give you an answer? Be true to yourself. Be yourself. And no matter what you achieve in life, don't forget where you come from. Thank you.